We are speaking with the one and only uh, Connie Bloom of the band Electric Boys. New album, Upside Down, came out in uh, April of this year, and it is definitely worth checking out. And as we say here in Montreal, uh, bonjour, Connie. How are you? Bonjour. I'm good. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a weird year, but it's, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like a, we're, start, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel over here. Well, yeah, and, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, Sweden's response to COVID after because it, it was interesting. You know, it started off, everybody went, oh, look, they're doing nothing. It's perfect. And then suddenly you went, oh, shit, they did nothing. <laughs> Whoops. Not that I'm trying to laugh at that, but uh, let, let's get over to the album here. Uh, talk to me about this, because if you look uh, at the press release, it says the album reflects the turbulent turbulent times of this year. Uh, talk to me about that. Is it all sort of lyrically or thematically tied in to what we went through in the last year? It is to, to a degree. Some of the stuff was written before the pandemic, but then uh, then also quite a few lyrics um, uh, was written uh, d- during last year. So, um, yeah, some of it was inspired by that, for sure. Uh, and and talk to me a bit about the uh, about the sound because you know the band you know the, the the drummer is out in LA and you had to bring in a new guy or have a guy come in and, and do the drums. Talk to me about the recording process and and having a new guy come in and having a drummer come in and um, how do you sort of keep it uh, sounding like uh, the Electric Boys? Actually, the thing is with Joel, the the other drummer, he's been he's been with the band since two thousand nine when we put the band together again. And he's actually done more shows than what Nicholas has, the original guy. Um, because Nicholas lives in Los Angeles and this guy lives in Stockholm. So Nicholas has been coming in for recordings and for for tours, but, but not for all the weekend shows and Fridays and Saturdays and stuff. So so um, he's, not, he's definitely not a new guy. And actually on the last album, our latest album, um, The Ghost War Diaries, we... We 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 became five in the band. We used to we used to be a four piece, but now he's been in the band as so for so long that he's so we you know we got two drummers. <laughs> well, maybe you'll, at some point you'll start doing shows with uh, with two drummers. That could be fun. Yeah, we did that uh, last time we played at Sweden Rock. They uh, they were both playing on a couple of tracks at the same time, which was kind of cool. Which was kind of cool. So. When you go in and make a new album like this, do you look back at the songs that you've had success with, uh, like uh, you know, Hips and Lips, and or or do you sort of say, no, you know what, we're in, we're we're moving forward, we're we're going to keep this music going, always forward. It's um, I don't think we ever, maybe with the first album, there was more of a thought behind, like uh, okay, let's do, you know, if we we came up with a few songs that that we felt like. Um, like you said, lips and hips and, and stuff like that had had something that we felt was a little bit different at the time. So, but but nowadays it's more like you know I write a lot of songs and some of the other guys as well. And then uh, then when we have enough, uh, like maybe twenty songs or whatever, we go through them and and you know decide if we think we have an album there, if we need more songs, and and we just choose the the best songs basically. So that is what ends up being the new album, and and I find that 
for me, I, I mean, when we reformed the band, we did uh, and then Boys Down Swang, then it was really important to, for me at least, to um, to sound like what we used to sound like, you know, because a lot of bands reform and then fans get disappointed because, you know, there's only two guys left and they don't even sound like that band or whatever. So it felt important at that time, but but not anymore. Not it's anymore. Been, uh, it's it's so long ago with you know it's uh it's like almost like the it's a, a different person that wrote those songs <laughs> and i'll i'll say uh i think uh twangham karangham is one of the best songs on this album or one of the best songs you, you've ever written i just love that song i think it's great great little ditty um talk to me about the uh, the, uh, the the writing process in terms of what comes first for you? Do, you? do you get the music down and the melody down and then say, okay, I'm going to do some lyrics or do you have some lyrics that come to you and say, wow, I've got to fit this into a song? How does it all sort of come together? What's the process for the band? Uh, it varies all the time. So sometimes the lyrics start, sometimes it's just a title, sometimes it's a riff, uh, it's a melody that kicks it off. So there's no, there's no rules for it, so to speak. Oh, and the, right. the, the interesting thing is that the best songs are always really easy to write. It's almost like a, it's, it's, it sounds like a cliche, and I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of songwriting genius here. But I mean, it's, it's like, it is a bit like what Keith Richard always said that you just got to keep the antenna up, and then there's a lot of melodies up there, and sometimes they come down to you, you know. It is a bit like that. Pretty much all the songs that ended up being singles. And uh, the songs that people are still singing along to uh, at the shows and stuff uh, was really easy to write. Is it something that you do alone, or is it a collaborative effort with the band? Do, do, you know, do you, do you pre present these songs and say, "Okay, we're going to record them," or does the band get together and say, "Okay, let's get ten songs written"? It's usually me uh, writing and then making demos uh, at home with drum machine and all that and then uh, and sometimes yeah like on the la latest album um, Andy the bass player came up with two song ideas and uh, Joel the drummer came up with one so and I'm sure Martin the new guitar player uh, he's got lots of ideas and stuff and does his own solo stuff as well so there'll be more of that in the future I think yeah I'm looking forward to it um, talk to me about what the last year has meant to you as a performer and not being able to go out and play as many shows as you would like. Is, is that something where you reevaluate your career and you say, hey, you know, maybe it is time to go get a job over at the whatever Tesco or Ikea or whatever you have over in Sweden? Or do you sort of say, you know what, this is a time to refocus? Uh, yeah, definitely not give up. It was, <laughs> it, was the, it was the opposite. We felt that, uh, okay, we can't go do any shows. We better make a new album then. So we just started writing like crazy and we started rehearsing and, and did the album. And then um, eventually we also um, did a concert, uh, recorded a concert film uh, recently. So so we just we've stayed more focused and more... Um, you know, we're working more than in a very long time, actually. Um, in, in 1990, of course, we talked about uh, Lips and Hips. It, it, it has a, a modicum of success in the U.S. It gets you up into the Billboard uh, Hot 100, even top 20 in the U.S. Uh, mainstream rock charts. 
Um, talk to me about the plan. When, when you start getting a little bit of success in the States, how does the record company react and how does the band react? Do you sort of say, all right, we got to get over there right now and start playing shows? Um, what was going on at that time when the, when this song started having success? Well, we um, when we recorded the album over here in Sweden, uh, there was no bands uh, sounding like that. Most bands were, were singing in Swedish to begin with, right. um, and uh, very poppy stuff, you know. So, so we just we we actually thought that this this ain't gonna work over here. So we gotta get get over to the states uh, because it seemed like at that time that's that's where everybody was working from. Uh, so, so um, and then then when we recorded Lips and Hips, and the publisher sent that away to the their people in Los Angeles, I think it was, and of course the. F- <laughs> facts in those days you know so the facts started coming in and uh oh this is a hit we gotta work this blah 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 and and so everything took off really fast because of that song uh, but i mean we were mentally we were all already on our way because we just we i mean we always felt connected to bands like i don't know aerosmith whatever there was nothing in sweden that we that we could relate to of course, Air Aerosmith being one of the great ones. Um, last year, you uh, released, of course, uh, Game Set Bloom, and you chose to do it all in Swedish. Talk to me about that decision, because for, for many outside of Sweden, of course, it sort of shuts down the ability to, to get into the music. You, you know, you, you want to sort of hear those English lyrics. Um, talk to me about making that album all in Swedish and, and the thought process behind that. Yeah, I did. I mean, I did. A, I did one album before that called Full Tilt, uh, and the thing was, the thing was. I mean, from my own point of view, just changing everything totally at that time, and just by singing in Swedish and writing lyrics in Swedish uh, was a was a totally new thing for me, obviously. So, and I just felt I had to do it, you know. Just to just to try something else. The other option would be to stop playing saxophone or something, which is not an option. So I mean, uh, that's where it started, and then then it seemed to seem like people really dug it over here, and they started talking about how great the lyrics was, and uh, compared me to a lot of other great uh, lyricists and stuff. So. And to me, it's, I don't know, it was a challenge. And I still, it, it still is. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, as you say, maybe it's stupid, you know. But that's why I always put, I always put a, an instrumental on all the solo oh, albums. <clears throat> yeah, they- I mean, and I don't want to suggest it's it's stupid. But what I, what, I'm, what I am suggesting is that, for example, for myself, I hear the music and then I hear the, the Swedish lyrics and I can't relate to it. Now, that's, that's maybe my issue. But as a rock fan, I want to I want to get into these songs and I want to start hearing this. Do you do you think that at some point you might take these songs or take that music because the music was great and you might make an English language version? Um, it's a possibility for sure. Or maybe the, maybe another solo album in English. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's easier. I, uh, you know, translating lyrics like that i don't think it works 
because you can have like a, a saying or you know twangam and karangam twangam and karangam for is a is a really good example as you brought up because there's no there's no words for that in swedish i couldn't and and the whole song came up because of that title so so um it would be yeah. difficult to translate it all it's probably better just to make a new album and and do it in english in that case so uh, you meant that you said that i'm glad you're you want to hear it <laughs> I, I do i mean i i listen and i have a bias i mean I, i've always preferred uh, music in english and that's right or wrong i don't know uh but when i hear you know uh, uh, like for example uh ramstein in german i just i just uh, it doesn't work for me <laughs> i just yeah. I, I i don't i don't relate but uh um talk to me about uh you know when you reform the electric boys uh, what was the decision behind that? Was it simply like, hey, you know, this band didn't get the run that it was supposed to have and let's keep it going? Was it a, a business decision to say, listen, I've got a brand, let, let's let's bring it back? Um, talk to me about that time when you you resurrected the Electric Boys and, and the decision behind it, because it's something that I'm sure you didn't take lightly. I mean, obviously, if you're going to do it, you've got to really do it, right? Yeah. But this was after, um, this was... 2009 or something like that mm -hmm. after four and a half years with Hanoi Rocks and um, obviously because I wasn't singing and because I mean this I, I always Hanoi has always been quite varied uh, song-wise as well and there's been a I mean I know for, for sure that we have a lot of the same inspiration sources there's been some reggae there's been some soul punk funk uh, blues, everything in those albums too, but I, I, I see them more as a straightforward rock and roll band and, and Electric Boys, I guess it's more like a 70s, uh, I don't know, riff, uh, groove, groove yeah. uh, I don't know, but it's a different style and, and after those years it just felt, you know, I was talking to Andy, the, not McCoy, but uh, Christelle, the bass player, I said, what do you feel like though? And they said, well, I've been, I've been thinking about this. And, and I said, yeah, me too. It would be great to play that kind of music again. So that's where it started. And then we thought, okay, so, I mean, why not call the guys who did it in the first place? It would be kind of crazy to, to start something completely new when we already have a name, if they want to do it. I, I wasn't so sure, but they, they wanted to. So that's how it happened. So it happened. What does it look like uh, currently in Sweden for your chances to get out and play and have a regular touring schedule? Is that something that's possible at this point? And, and this point, of course, being June 1st of, of 2021, can, can you get out there and tour or what's the situation for bands? Yeah, it's starting to open up now, actually. Uh, I think today or tomorrow. I think today actually there's a lot, there's been some changes done. I mean, for instance, uh, the 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 bars have been closing at uh, eight o'clock, and there's restrictions within for people, of course. And now they're open till ten thirty instead from today, I think. And then <clears throat> and there's um, there is restrictions, but they're they're opening up more. And and then from the first of July unless something goes haywire and it goes crazy again, then then it's going to open up even more. So so the, there seems to be a plan that to, to, you know, 
you know, at the end of the summer or towards autumn, things will be hopefully you know, fairly fairly good again. <clears throat> but uh, it is opening up, so it's just one one day at a time. I'm just happy as as long as uh, it's going towards the, you know better. <laughs> And, and we get to we get to uh, to start playing um, real quick here on the uh, press release. It, it it lists the influences as Jimi Hendrix and Deep Purple and David Bowie. Uh, I also know that you're that you're a huge Kiss fan. Um, talk to me a little bit about what was it about Deep Purple and Jimi Hendrix that that sort of had your ears pop up and you go, yeah, this is for me. I like this. First of all, it was that the press release. I wouldn't, I wouldn't name bands like that. I, I think, but okay. If that's if that's how some people hear it, then I guess it's correct. You know. It's well, like, I hear it as the Electric Boys, but it's just funny because yeah. I read this press release and it says Jimi Hendrix, Deep Purple, and then yeah. Sisters of Mercy, and I go, okay, sure, yeah. why not? Uh, I, I hear a lot of Aerosmith, a lot of Kiss. I hear a lot of uh, grooves. I hear a lot of great melodies. Uh, I just hear Electric Boys, quite frankly. Um, and it's fun because I've been doing quite a few interviews now for the last couple of months. And um, people, everyone has their own ideas about what, what things sound like, which is really interesting. Uh, but... I don't know. You mentioned Deep Purple and Jimi Hendrix. Obviously, for me as a guitar player, uh, that's what I really got into, especially Deep Purple when I was a kid. Richard Blackmore had a tone that that is that's that's how that's how you want a, a strap to sound. So that's where it all started, like that. Really but I mean, I'm listening to a lot of music, and the whole band has always been listening to. A lot of stuff. It's it's so varied. I mean, people would probably think we're schizophrenic if they come into a tour bus. It can be what? anything from rush to via reggae to gypsy jazz, uh, soul. You know, all the fifties rock, rock and roll, sixties, seventies, eighties. Not so much eighties. I don't think I've ever heard the term gypsy jazz before. That's kind of interesting. Um, so check so yeah, check, check. Jungle Reinhardt. That's the guy. Really? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that now. Uh, when you're when you're listening to this music, are, are you a CD guy or are you a vinyl guy? Um, I usually listen on my phone, actually, uh, because you know when I'm traveling someplace, going you know on the tube or whatever, unless I'm out, or if I'm out walking. But I I I got I got both. I even have a lot of cassettes, but I don't have a cassette player. It broke now. But they 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 sound horrible. Yeah, I I have no uh, no love of uh, cassettes, and uh, I'm not a I'm not a vinyl guy either. I like the convenience of a CD. It 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 seventy five minutes of music. You don't have to flip it over, and you never hear crackles and pops on CDs. So uh, I like I, I guess I'm a fan of the the covers. That's that's what it is with vinyl for me. I mean, when I started, when I grew up, when I was nine years old, uh, and when Alice Cooper became like my my big hero at that time, and I bought all the, you know, the Billion Dollar Baby, Schools Out, Muscle of Love, all those covers that you could fold out, <clears throat> you know, that was really cool. That that that's really boring. Let's see this. So, 
it's, it's more from that perspective for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the, uh, the vinyl album covers. Uh, since we last spoke, which was uh, over a year ago, Eddie Van Halen has passed away. We, we talk about guitarists and we talk about big American rock. Um, what did Van Halen mean to you? And in terms of a guitar player, did, did Eddie influence you in any way, shape or form? Or did you just sort of sit from the outside and say, wow, that, that guy's great. Uh, just quickly talk to me about Van Halen and, and, and Eddie. Yeah. Well, he, I, I consider him being obviously one of the, one of the, the greatest and the most, uh, inspiring, what do you say? Inspirational mm-hmm. guys. Uh, Probably the biggest in in uh, you know after after Jimi Hendrix who who will be the next one to really like fuck it all up like he did. I mean everybody wanted to do the tapping and try to play eruption and just, yeah he just changed every, everything. Yeah, I so, think after Jimmy there, there there's a couple. I mean you you obviously you have to look at uh, Blackmore. You got to look at Shanker. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of them, of course. There's a little bit, you know. I'm, I'm just. I mean, he definitely. The way I look, if I look back at that, you know, the '80s and all that, it's like every guitar player was was trying to sound like Eddie for so long. Uh, so that's what I mean. I mean, not there's a lot of great guitar players and a lot of different styles, but but I mean the 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 way he influenced. So many is is beyond belief, almost. Yeah, beyond belief. Uh, and then we'll finish with this. Uh, of course, Upside Down came out this year, uh, but uh, and them boys done Swang twenty eleven, Starflight United, fantastic album twenty fourteen, and the Ghost War Diaries twenty eighteen. The band has been very productive since you've gotten back together. Is that something that you plan on keeping active in the sense where every couple of years fans can sort of sit down and go ah? there's new music uh, because it's been working and the albums have been great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's really simple. It's, um, we all feel much better when we keep busy and uh, when there's work to be done, you know, Uh, make an album and then go on the road again, make another album, go on the road. It's all the times in between when there's nothing happening, when you start thinking, too much and it's no good you gotta keep busy and stay active that's what i'm thinking uh and of course uh, folks upside down the new album by uh, the electric boys is available now uh, at fine retailers as we say and of course online uh, pick it up it is a great great piece of work and uh, as we say here in montreal merci connie always a pleasure toujours un plaisir thank you pleasure talking to you again. cheers Here's Paul Stanley to tell you why he doesn't want to shake your hand. Some people might have a little rock and roll pneumonia. Ugh, not even cold gin will kill those germs. This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. We are speaking with the one and only Robert Berry. The new album, a Third Impression by the band 3.2, is available now and definitely worth checking out, as we say here in Montreal, because we've, we've spoken, I think, twice before. Uh, bonjour, yep. Robert. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I've been up since, for me, be up since seven o'clock. That's early, but <laughs> I'm I'm awake now for you, so we're good. <laughs> I know, and uh, you know, seven o'clock on uh, on Sunday of all days coming up this week, I have to do a radio hit at seven a.m. live 
to oh. Toronto. And it's just like, really? Seven? <laughs> you feel like you're going to be alone? <laughs> like, yeah, you don't it's just like, it's like, why do I have to, why a Sunday? Anyway, uh, third impression. Uh, fantastic new album, but uh, but I, I would imagine somewhat bittersweet because you 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 got this new music and you you're thrilled to talk about it and we're let's go, but at the same time, uh, Keith Emerson. Uh, yeah. So so before we get to to talking about Keith, let's let's talk about the album a bit. Let's talk about it coming together, mm-hmm. and then let's take that that appropriate moment to to remember Keith and his contributions. I tell you. The rules have changed. It was just the last time we talked, a couple of years ago, uh, was the album I was working on with Keith when we lost him right in the middle of it. And I didn't know how that would be received. Well, it was received with open arms, uh, lots of people thanking me for following through with it because I didn't really at first want to do it. It was a tough I think this one's a bittersweet. That one's very tough emotionally. But I got a call from the record company and they said, "We this is Frontiers in Italy. We have... Yes, we have Journey, Foreigner, we have Asia, we, we have everybody on our label. We can't tell you what they sold, but you did really well with your album. You need to do a follow-up. I'm like, I said, I don't want to do a follow-up. He's not here, and I don't feel real right about doing it without him. And they said, don't you have anything left? I said, well, I have one song, and it's nine minutes long. It's, it's a great piece of music, as far as I remember, but I just sort of left it behind because it was too long. They said, well do it. I said, well, I have to write seven more songs. That's I, I tell you what, since you really are, this is encouraging. If I could write seven songs that Keith think Keith would have liked to work on that I'm proud of yeah. and fit those parameters we talked about last time with the rules of change, um, I'll consider it, but I'll get it all done. And then I'll play it for the manager and, and for you guys. And you, you tell me, because I said, this isn't in my plan. So I write it, I record it. It came out I hate to use the word easy, but it flowed out of me. And for the first time, I mean, on the last album, they said, well, gee, it sounds like Emerson's playing some of those parts that were recorded after he was gone. I said, well, I'm capable of playing keyboards and that's why I play. But this time I was responsible for writing those parts too. And without any influence. And it was interesting. It just was part of my DNA. So it's, this is much like the last 3.2 album. Much like the song I wrote before, Three Started in 1988, I had the hit, we're talking about. I wrote that song in 86 with Steve Howe for GTR, and it had that Emerson DNA already in it. So it's just been more a part of my my journey, I guess, than I realized. Started as a keyboard player, wound up playing a lot more keyboards than I planned to, but uh, that's kind of how it came about. And it seems like people feel the same way. They're glad to hear that last Emerson tune that he and I wrote together. And they are appreciating, if you've heard it, you know, the yep. I, I leaned half of it more toward guitar stuff because what I do next definitely will not be three. This is the last album. There's okay. three in the three series and there won't be any more. So I wanted to, what will I do next? How do I chase away the fans that could care less about my guitar stuff and just want the Emerson stuff? How do I empower and encourage the fans that like what I do and I haven't chased away anybody at least not uh, publicly that I've seen (laughs) well let me ask you about that because you know that one of the most difficult things for a musician to set up is a brand I mean bands are easy you get you get four guys in a bar and you're you're a band but brands are difficult 
And three is a brand and, and people know what it is and they know what to expect. If I plunk down my 20 bucks for a CD, yes, because I'm still old and I plunk down 20 bucks for CDs. Yeah, right. Uh, I know what I'm getting. Um, how do you just walk away from that? I mean, is it out just out of respect for Keith that you just say, no, if he's not here, I can't do this uh, because a brand is important to have. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Um Without the one nine minute song, which is that's a third of an album. I mean, it's more than right. a third of an album. It's it's quite a big piece. And it's the best of what Emerson and I did together. It really is a great piece of music. And his contribution to it is outstanding. Uh, I just can't. I can't do it. It's not right, right for me to do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, this was the best time of my life musically, working with the best players you could ever hope to work with. And I don't want to be... You know, I, and I, I love Steve Howe. I worked with him. He's a fantastic guy. But I don't want to be reinserting a bunch of guys. And I'm the only one left that, that cares about the three thing. And, right. you know, it's like a tribute band. That, that It just needs to be a part of my history. And I need okay. to move on to what I would do. You know, I have my band Alliance with Gary Peel from the band Boston. Yeah. And it's a straight rock band. So people do expect me to do progressive and hard rock at the same time. So um, I'm just putting that progressive thing a uh, little less keyboard worthy and a little more guitar. So, I mean, it's just more what I would do on my own. That's all. what what comes next, I mean. <laughs> you know, that's what comes next. Anyway. What comes next. So, so you focus on Alliance. Uh, one of the other projects that you have is something called December People, which I which I think is... is... Yeah fun i mean I'm, I'm trying to think of a of a better word but it's just fun uh is that something that you also continue no, and, that's, and that's good yeah fun's good we like fun well yeah I, I will tell you that um because i've been through two managers and i can't find the right manager to launch it and i've learned a long time ago that i'm not a good manager <laughs> right? right we all have our like skills I, see I, i'm not a great musician I, but i can do good interviews yeah i can't do your job Right. Yeah. I, I can't be the manager. I can do what I do and I do it 110 percent. I'm excited about it and I haven't found the right guy. We're still together. Uh, we only did one show in 2019 um, and none in 2020, of course, uh, because I decided to put on the back burner and try to find that manager. Uh, and then all of a sudden they called me from Reno, which is like Las Vegas. And I thought we've been trying to get the show into Las Vegas. December people, I'd like to say, is completely original and completely derivative at the same time. It is. And yeah, you, what happens when people come to see us is they wonder what song we're going to do, like each song, and then they get the joke, so they laugh. That's what makes it fun. But if you know Santa Claus is coming to town so when you were little, you better watch, yeah, you better. You know, when we start ZZ Top, you better watch out, ha, ha, ha. You know what's happening, and you're laughing already. So that's what's so cool about it is nobody, the Trans-Siberian is great, but you can't sing anything afterwards except for, ding, da, da, ding, ding, da, da, you know. They have this whole extravagant show. We actually have things that, I mean, we have nine-year-old boys saying, oh, what you did to that back in black ACDC, oh, man, with the, I forget what song it is now. I'm trying to think, but you you covered a Huey Lewis song. Didn't you do like Working for the Living, Working for a Living or something like that? (laughs) That's how I heard about it, because I'm a huge Huey Lewis fan. Walking through a winter wonderland. Ooh, walking. Yep. 
just like Huey Lewis. Yeah. And we used to close on that song because people just loved it. It's so rocking, you know. Uh, there's always something new. Uh, what we did in 2019, which is on an album, we had Phil Collins in the air tonight as We Three Kings. And we started the show with all the lights out. We Three Kings. And that cool uh, drum. 808 drum machine. And then... When that drum roll hit and we had the sound of Phil recorded, so our drummer had it when he hit the drums, it sounded just like Phil and the lights came on and people are like, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's such a, it it's such fun. a fun project. I'd, I'd love to see more of it. Um, let me just quickly talk about uh, progressive rock. You know, I, I'm in Quebec and progressive rock, the bands have always done exceptionally well here uh, going yeah. back to the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, somewhere through, I guess, the 80s and 90s, uh, progressive rock became more of a 70s thing. Where are we in terms of the genre? Because you're still here. You're still doing your thing. Yes, is still doing its thing. Uh, Dream Theater is still doing its thing. It, it, you know, because we always say, well, rock is dead. But I don't think it is. Is, pro is progressive rock still a good business to be in? You know, in, in a bigger uh, business model for that. There's so many people in the world and there's such access to music now online, which yeah. has hurt you. It's hurt you. It's hurt me in a big way. But the fan base is huge and the niche market is the thing. Yeah. So progress, progressive rock, folk music, oh, hillbilly twang or whatever you want to, you know, it's not, doesn't have to be the mainstream hip hop or rap or you know, maybe country is is the 80s rock of the day and they got some great songs and musicians in country. So it's a big format. But there's bluegrass that's a niche market. And there's a huge market. Progressive rock is one of those niche markets. A lot of the young guys now are getting into it more, uh, maybe because of bands like Tool that had interesting stuff going on, you know. And, of course, Rush, until a member died, was always putting out good music. Yeah. Uh, I just well, think us Canadians always do good work. Luckily. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. You know, and you guys support your artists on your radio station. A certain percentage has to be Canadian artists, right? Yeah. CanCon rules, Canadian yeah, content. I mean, right? They're CanCon, but we call them Canadian content rules. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's 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 strange that you mentioned that because I've I've when I was a kid and a teenager and I would watch much music and I would see all these Canadian bands and, and I'm going, wow, they're not playing Rat, they're not playing Dawkin, they're not playing Motley Crue so they could show us, you know, Honeymoon Suite and, you know, Gowan. I was like, oh, what a bunch of nonsense. But yeah. now as I'm older, I kind of look back at it fondly and go, you know what? I never would have discovered the brilliance of Honeymoon Suite or of Gowan or of Helix or of all these other, you know, Brian Adams. So it sort of cuts both ways. Do you, do you think that's something that should be implemented in, in the U.S.? I mean, obviously, American music is just overpowers the sort of entire globe. It's, it's, it's probably not necessary. No, it's all over the map, too. Yeah. You know, uh, American music is all over the map. We do everything here like you guys do there. You mm -hmm. know, we're not that far apart. I can almost shake your mirror. Yeah. Uh, but the powers that it be uh, are pushing the hip hop and rap because that's what the demographic that buys music, I guess, mostly. I, I have a hard time with that because especially when I'm out touring, the amount of people that want to buy a CD and if I run out of them, they're not happy. You know, uh, it, it's really it's hard to explain you know, yeah. why uh, 
why the U.S. doesn't support a whole lot of different things that are good for us. You know, I don't want to get political, but <laughs> come on. <laughs> I yeah, think we have a pipeline in Canada that got shut down that's really hurting a lot of people because it got shut down, right? I mean, there's all kinds of weird <laughs> Yeah, well, the, uh, the 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 pipeline particularly is hurting uh, Alberta, and and it was uh, it was a presidential decision <laughs> to shut it down. But yeah. let's but let's uh, let's uh, let's stick to to the music because my fans always uh, rag on me if we if we ever talk about socialized medicine or we talk <laughs> about anything, they they start getting on me. So let's not go there. Uh, Got that. In terms of you and frontiers. Have they signed you to do other music or other albums? Is, is there more Robert coming or are we sort of in a, in a strange transition period? Only because you're Canadian. Yes. I will tell you that I am already working on something that involves a Canadian. That's Ooh. all I can think about it because it is uh, really developing. Is it Aldo uh, Nova? <laughs> no, but bad. I, I don't even want to go too far because I, this guy is one of my favorites all time. I'm so excited to work with him. Mm. And then there's there's a guy from England who is mm. uh, the part of the three piece. And it's going to be really, to me, it's as important in my life as three was working with Keith and Carl. So I'm excited about it. Mm. Um, I, I might even get up there and be able to shake your hand in person. You never know. We're going to do most recording in my studio here in California. But mm. uh, yeah, so there is... Yes, already the plans on uh, the 3.2 band is booked April of our first show. So um, I'm looking for other things. I'd love to get to Canada again, but I don't have a promoter there. Um, the, the guy that did us in 2019. Um, oh, boy, that was rough. Um, <laughs> the manager I had was twice as rough. So he set up things very poorly there. And I was so excited, especially when three toured through Canada. It was fantastic. Great yeah. venues, people. Um, I was expecting the promoter there to do the right job, and, and he didn't. My the manager I had was just he couldn't have been worse. I did 27 cities, I got money paid for me, which goes to the band mostly for 22 of them. That's because I booked four of those shows myself, wow. and one of them was, was another deal. The, the shows I booked, I collected the money for because they were in California. It was a really bad experience management wise. Now I have a fantastic manager, English guy. Um, we don't need to talk about him that much more, but I'm. But he's good. Yeah, because uh, when you uh, when you came to uh, Montreal, so, which was supposed to be the Piranha Club, and for, I don't I don't even remember if the show went off or not. But anyway, video stopped here. Okay. Oh, that's our timing. Oh, it, has, has the video stopped? At least on my end, it says uh, "done speaking" and "leave." Can you see me still? Uh, no, you just—I I see a brown screen. But listen, uh, let's uh, let, let us. Uh, oh, there you are. There you're back. There you go. Let's. Uh, I guess we'll 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 uh, we're at we're at 25 minutes here, so we'll we'll wrap up just to be safe. Um, okay. Third impression by 3.2 is available now, and of course, uh, Robert will be on tour later this year thankfully that we can actually have shows again it's nice to see i actually watched a hockey yeah. game that had fourteen thousand people in it last night and i was like yeah there is a big difference between crowd and no crowd isn't there <laughs> huge yes huge and difference. financially too for those i mean those places you know the ushers the the, the candy salesman the t-shirt salesman everybody yep. you know is making a living 
I will tell oh. you that I have 200 vinyls coming on third impression. I got the rights to do it myself. All I'm pressing is 200. I did more of the rules of change. I'm making this one rare. That's get on my website if they want it. I did it for myself. They're cheap. They're not really expensive. There's t-shirts or stuff on the website. If people are interested in it, this is the last time there'll be a three or 3.2 album. And I just appreciate the support for, for that music. You know, it's a huge part of my life. Absolutely. And uh, we'll send over to people to uh, www. We don't actually say that anymore, but uh, robertberry.com. I'm old school. I still say the www, but for other folks, uh, robertberry.com to pick up the uh, the vinyl, the album and everything. Uh, As we say in Montreal, merci, Robert. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Well, I I enjoy speaking with you. Next year, when we talk, you're going to feel some ownership, I think, in that Canadian piece of the the band. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 curious. You'll you'll have to email me later and tell me who it is. But uh, okay. uh, folks, a three point two third impression out now on uh, Frontiers and of course uh, robertberry.com for the uh, vinyls. And there you go. Merci. Yeah. Great talking to you again. And uh, take care of yourself. And I think things are heading all the right way now. We're all happy, right? Yeah, we're getting there. Twenty twenty two is going to be a great year, and we're going to finish twenty twenty on off in force en force. Uh, that's that's for sure thank you sir positive i'll talk to you soon cheers let me stop this recording and